I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. President Biden has called on Congress to extend the eviction moratorium as it comes to renters, citing the spread of the Delta variant of the coronavirus. Uh, But the request comes just days before the dreaded August recess for Congress. Uh, And I will give Congress a little slack. It is the in-state work period. Most most of them, not all, most of them will be traveling around their states and around their districts uh, to meet with constituents during August. Uh, Some do take quite a bit of time off, but that's uh, up to individual members of Congress. Uh, But if Congress can't make it happen before they leave town for a couple of weeks, the eviction moratorium will end tomorrow, uh, meaning anyone who isn't paying rent may be forced to find another place to live. Uh, So really pleased uh, to be joined by Paul Smith. He's the executive director of the Utah Apartment Association. He joins us to discuss how this will impact Utah renters and the price of housing. And uh, uh, Paul, one, thank you for joining us today. This is a real critical piece. I'm actually going to start before I have you weigh in, Paul, uh, with a, a, a quote from uh, Nancy Pelosi, uh, who is calling on the CDC to extend the eviction moratorium. And then I want you to help us frame what that really means and then what it really means to renters here in the state of Utah. We're not going away from this issue, whether it's now or shortly thereafter. Uh, It is, I mean, have you ever seen an eviction? Sometimes even the law enforcement people go into these apartments are crying because they know they're going to do something that's going to put babies' cribs out on the street, personal belongings out on the street. So I think that this is something that fairness and justice has to be done. Okay, so that's House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, and we're we're going to break out what's uh, what's the rage, what's the emotion, what's the reason uh, in all of this? Uh, is this cribs on streets uh, and uh, you know kicking uh, young families uh, out into uh, no man's land? And uh, so, as I mentioned before, we're really pleased to have Paul Smith, who's the executive director of the Utah Apartment Association, join us uh, because this is a, a critical thing, obviously, and it's impacting Utah in a unique way. Uh, Paul, what's the what's the current status uh, as you look at things uh, here in the state of Utah? Well, thanks, Boyd. First thing you need to understand is that in Utah, we do relatively few evictions on a monthly basis, even uh, pre-pandemic. 
we were only processing the courts only processed about 650 evictions a month. That's out of 300,000 rental units. So it's a very small percentage of renters who don't comply with their contracts. And unfortunately, uh, the remedy is these are businesses. Uh, if, if their customers aren't paying uh, rent and aren't following the rules or committing crime in these properties, eviction, as sad as it is, is the remedy. And so um, that's the first thing you need to understand. The second thing, this eviction moratorium, so-called, that expires this week will have about zero impact on Utah renters. Because here's the truth. It wasn't a moratorium. It was a defense. Renters that were being evicted could write a letter to the landlord and say, because of the pandemic, um, that's why I can't pay rent. But they still had to apply for rental assistance. They still had to communicate with their landlords. So the truth is, in Utah, we have such a good rental assistance program. Anyone who was applying for rental assistance got it. Their rent was paid. The eviction was stopped. And uh, they saved their housing. Uh, I, I think that's such an important thing. It, it's so easy to get caught in the rage uh, and all the emotion on both sides of the aisle. Uh, we'll be equal opportunity offenders today as we as we try to be. Uh, and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi was clearly making a political move there in terms of the way she framed it. It was interesting that uh, uh, someone from her own party, uh, Representative uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, actually called out the administration uh, saying that the administration was not acting on this. Uh, so there is a little bit of internal politics going on. And, of course, the eviction moratorium was actually set up last year by then-President Donald Trump uh, after Congress was deadlocked on the, the COVID-19 relief package that was before them then. Uh, so things kind of changed, but things kind of stayed the same. Uh, I want to drill down uh, real quickly, uh, Paul, with this uh, idea of applying for the, the renter's assistance. There's still funds to be had out there and uh, ways for people to, if they are in trouble, if they are struggling, to get the help that they need. That's right. There's so much money. Congress has allocated over $400 million to the state of Utah for rental assistance. And if we don't use it, we lose it. That means it gets reallocated to California or New Jersey or somewhere else. So we as a state should use this, and it, it's actually um, designated as stimulus. So even if a renter can't afford to pay rent, they may qualify for rental assistance. The government will pay rent directly to their landlord, and then they can take the money they would have spent on rent and go out to eat or buy things to stimulate the economy or save for a home. So the number one thing renters need to uh, remember is 211. You can call 211. That's the number for social services and ask for a housing counselor. You also can go to Community Action, uh, any of the Community Action Partnership programs throughout the state. They can help you. But probably the easiest way to get rental assistance is talk to your landlord about it. Most landlords are set up to process applications on behalf of renters. They can do it in 20 minutes. They can usually do it the same day. Some of those other, uh, if you leave a message in 211 or if you set up an appointment with Community Action, sometimes it's weeks in the future. So if you want to get it done quickly, go through your landlord. Okay, and and I did want to ask you just real quickly. We got about a minute to go. Um, how do how do Utah landlords uh, feel about everything that's been going on, the moratorium in the beginning, and how that's uh, playing out here in the state? Well, I'm so proud of our landlords in Utah. They have really been superheroes in this crisis. They have at times had to work with renters and set up payment plans and be flexible and wait months for rent to come. But the reality is, our system in Utah has worked so well. 
Uh, our state has been wonderful at distributing this money. And so rental collections are within 1% or 2% of a normal year. And so landlords are happy, and we're pleased that our renters uh, have received assistance so that they can stay in their housing. Uh, great, great insight. This is, uh, again, folks, there's a lot to be pessimistic out there, but Utah is doing so many things right. We have our issues. We have some things to improve for sure. Uh, but I love the fact that Paul Smith, uh, again, executive director of the Utah Apartment Association, uh, says that this is really not impact- impacting us because of what is getting done. Uh, the fact that our landlords are being heroic in this process, making sure they're engaged. We've got uh, ways for people to access funds uh, that genuinely need that kind of help. And this is just one more way where I think we have to reject the false choice of Washington. Uh, when it comes to the eviction moratorium, the, the choice is not you have no heart, no soul, and you're going to kick babies and cribs out to the curb, uh, nor is it, uh, you know, that you're just this, uh, you know, this capitalist and, and you're just going to do whatever makes sense for the, the business side of things. No, this this is a people thing. And it's one more area where uh, Utah's doing it better uh, than almost anywhere else in the country. Paul, really appreciate your insight, your perspective, and your good work there uh, at the Utah Apartment Association. Thanks for joining us today. You bet. Thank you. We're going to step aside for a commercial break. The Olympics roll on. I hope you are dialing in. It just keeps getting better. So the question, could Utah gymnast Michaela Skinner be back in and have a chance? We'll talk about what that might look like, what that might mean. It all hinges around Simone Biles, but find out what it means for Michaela coming up next. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.